This is Younger Older, a dialogue between generations. Welcome to the program, Younger and Older. This is Dave, and I'm usually with Jason, but today I'm with Nate again. We're on a journey to try and understand uh, what somebody thinks about that loves God and going through um, the cancer um, rehabilitation, if you want to call it. And that's the goal, and we don't know how it's going to end, but you're right after your first chemo appointment and all that kind of thing. And we come to you from the studios at Relate365.com on the campus of Silver Birch Ranch and Nicolay Bible Institute. And, of course, we invite you to go check those two places out uh, and see if we can't serve and minister to you and your family. If you uh, are, We're not brought up to date on who Nate is. Nate is a young man, 36 years old, that was diagnosed with a very uh, different form of cancer, and he's being treated for right now. He's on the staff at Silver Birch Ranch. And, really, you need to go to Relate365.com and download the last two episodes of our program, and you'll be able to be brought up to date with what's going on. Nate, how are you feeling today? Uh, really well. Just okay. some minor, minor, minor uh, nausea, but nothing that's debilitating. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You, uh, you deal with fatigue as well, right? Yes. And that's something I know well. So that's one of the things I can relate with you on is uh, I have narcolepsy. And for those that are listening, if you don't know what that is, you can look it up. It's a weird disease that actually is, um, there's no cure for, there's no, it's not, it's not uh, life-threatening as cancer is, it's just um, enjoyment of life-threatening mm-hmm. uh, because you're constantly tired. And so I do relate to you in one sense. Uh, but you said something earlier that uh, I think off air that we were talking about. You don't necessarily pray that God heal you, but you know that he can and you're okay if he does, and, but you do pray. So explain to me what you're thinking. It's God gave me cancer for a reason, and it maybe it's just my limited knowledge of God. Uh, it's hard for both my wife and I to pray for God to completely remove the cancer. Uh, it's in my mind, it's kind of like God, you made a mistake. Get rid of it for me. Right. And you know, both Jen and I know God doesn't make mistakes, and He gave this for me for a reason. Now we're very appreciative of people praying, you know, for you know miraculous healing. They're, you know, we're appreciative of that. But you know, when we pray, we're you know we're asking God, how can you use this? Right. You know, who can benefit from this? You know, the just doing this radio you know program with you, I would have never thought to do this. Right. But you, you know, it's interesting. I mean, when you think about what you just said, it's very profound. I mean, does God make a mistake? No. No. So, what is going on here? I think. Christians generally think that the most important thing in life is comfort and ease of life and vacations, and that's when you're blessed. It's almost as if they take the pain and sorrow and say, if you have that, you're not blessed. Can you be blessed of God and be in pain? Oh, yeah. I've experienced that. Okay. So can you be blessed of God and be poor? Oh, yeah. So being poor or being healthy does not uh, connotate that you're not blessed of God. I mean, now I have narcolepsy, and I understand exactly what you said. I've had, when I speak to men's groups, oftentimes um, I would be talking to them, and, you know, I I tell them, look, I got narcolepsy, just so you know. I mean, I might just doze off on you for a moment. You know, I mean, my wife in church, church seems to be the place I doze off the most. (laughs) 
<laughs> not sure why, uh, but if once you go into that sit, seated prayer kind of motion, <laughs> you know, it's like I don't want to open my eyes. And and so my wife's used to just nudging me after prayer just to make sure I'm a, a, awake. And so sometimes the guys will get together, and I love them. I mean, I love the fact they say, oh, man, we'd love to pray that you get well. And I thought, you know, okay, you can. But here's what I know. I know that God can heal me right now. I know that. With or without your prayers, he can do that. He chooses not to. Mm-hmm. So there's something there for me and for you and for everybody I'm involved with. So I mean, you've been around, and, you know, I love teaching. I love some have asked me, where do you get all your material from? Where do I get it from? Either my mind is engaged or I'm sleeping. This is a gift. I, I am constantly, the medicine I take makes my mind work faster. So I'm sitting there thinking, I am thinking and writing and doing things constantly, or I'm sleeping. So I don't know if I want it taken away in that sense. I don't know how I would live if I didn't have it mm-hmm. because I, I, I've probably had it most of my life, so I've adjusted to it and not known about it until I was in my 50s. But I, I still think, you know, God, you can heal it. Here, I'm going to make another statement, and you can tell me what you think about it. Um, I have been told by people that it's my lack of faith why I don't get better. My response has been, it's not my faith that heals anything. It's God's faithfulness mm-hmm. that I trust in, not my faith. Yep. I am a child, and I have childlike faith. Childlike faith is somewhat blind. Um, mm-hmm. They just say, well, Daddy will take care of it. They don't even know how serious it is. They don't even know what's going on. Mm-hmm. But as long as there's a Daddy or a Mommy, I'll just let them deal with it, and I'll go out and play with my truck. And, and that's how I come to God. It's like, you know, this is your life. And, you know, I have um, a clotting disorder where I've had that. I've had a, and you know what they are, so I'm not telling you anything new. But I'm okay. Mm-hmm. This is how I live. And God will take care of me, or as you said, I won't be here. One of the two. And either way, he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And my trust isn't in my faith. It's in God's faithfulness. We're just small pieces in the puzzle. Yeah. God has the big picture. I think we, we don't. Yeah. I, I think we keep trying to make ourselves more important than we are. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, God, I'm sick, so the whole universe needs to re- re- rearrange itself. And God goes, you're sick because you're human. There's sin down there. One day you're going to die. There is sickness that takes place. And you knew this all along, so you are prepared for that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's basically what he should say. Mm-hmm. And so to our listening friends at this point, if you are um, just wondering, maybe I'm not a very good Christian because I don't have enough faith to get healed. I don't think it has to do with your faith. I think it has to do with God's faithfulness. And if you are sick, I'll tell you where his faithfulness is. He's going to bring you through it if you love him and walk with him. But he may not heal you. Mm -hmm. And if he doesn't heal you, he still loves you. And your, go- your goal is to walk with God and enjoy him and enjoy your family. So um, I don't know. you have any thoughts on any of that, or I'll, i got another question for you. Oh, we're, we're all subject to the sin-cursed world that we live in. You know, illnesses that you have, the illnesses that I have, the illness that anybody has, it's a result of sin. Right. And 
you know, where we live in the world, we're not of the world. Right. You know, our, the end goal is going to heaven. Yep. And as a believer, that's the best goal out there. Right. And some will get there faster than others. Yeah. And, and, and as you're um, one who has placed your trust in Christ, you're in God's family. And your wife has placed her trust in Christ, and she's in God's family. There will be a time where you won't be separated again. Mm-hmm. See, this separation thing is the definition of death. When you're separated from God, that's, being, that's considered being dead. Mm-hmm. When you're separated from another person, my mom and dad are di- have died. They are separated from me right now because of death. But one day we'll be reunited, and there will be no more separation. And that's what we have to see. And that's the hope that, that we do have mm-hmm. uh, in Christ. Now, you have had one chemo treatment. Yep. Can you explain to those of us that have never had a chemo treatment and just don't even know how to spell the word, <laughs> what, what, is, what is it that you do during a chemo treatment? I imagine there's different ones, but what is it that you uh, had to go through? Uh, there's, there's several different forms of chemo, whether it's a, from IV or taking a pill. Uh, the type that I'm on is uh, through IV. Uh, to prep me for it, I've got a, a port in my uh, left upper shoulder, which is great because now I don't have to get an IV stick every time, and I am a horrible person to start an IV on. They okay. poke me many times. So this is just they can draw blood from this port. It's great, and then my arms are free to do whatever. So I, uh, the... The day of the chemo treatment, I go in in the morning. Uh, they draw blood to do some lab works. They check uh, electrolytes, blood counts, uh, the mainly the I believe it's the red blood cell count. Okay. Uh, chemo will affect that, and they just want to make sure that those levels are good. Uh, once they do that, uh, I'll usually meet with the doctor, kind of see, discuss what's going on. Do we need to change any medication? Uh, pain level? How's just kind of general? You know, how are things going? And then I go back to the uh, the main area where uh, the chemo is administered. Um, the The chemo that I'm going through is a very uh, tolerable chemo compared to others. Um, you know, chemo is a very generic term, uh, but there's so many different right. types out there. And uh, like I said, this was a very tolerable one, which I have to agree, given what I've heard of people going through chemo and what I've just experienced that may change I don't know yeah but so I uh, go back get hooked up to the machine and it takes roughly between two and a half and three and a half hours uh, to administer uh, the main dose of the chemo is that a drip is it a drip bag yep, it's an okay. IV drip okay um, and it's a it's slowly infused over uh, the roughly three hours and then i'm given a, a portable iv pump that administers a small dose of part of the chemo over two days okay after that's done uh they remove that and then uh i'm good to go for two weeks so your response um to that people respond differently and we've yep. joked with you you're going to lose your hair but you're already bald so oh yeah it, 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 that's got to be the standard joke for people uh, for you to lighten the moment but um what other reactions have you had uh, the probably the most debilitating is the nausea. Uh, once I had the chemo, one thing that they usually do with chemo patients are they give them a steroid, which kind of boosts everything in your system. Kind of, it's a it's a big pick me up. Okay. And uh, once I had the that small IV pump removed, 
uh, shortly, probably later on that day is when I started to feel the effects of you know, a lot of fatigue. I started to get nauseated. And then uh, I had chemo done on a Wednesday. Pump was removed on Friday. Um, by Saturday and Sunday, I was miserable mess. Is there something they give you for some of the other, I know the side effects, when you start taking medicines for side effects and there's side effects to the medicine you're taking for side effects. Oh yeah. I, I mean, is there something that they're giving you to help you through yep. some of that? I'm on two different nausea meds, uh, which I don't want to experience going through this without those. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, that helps me eat what I can eat uh, for, you know, if you kind of compare it, if you've ever had the flu really bad, um, that's basically what I feel like. Okay. You're nauseated, you don't want to eat much. That's kind of what you feel like. Uh, another side effect was hiccups. I had two straight days of hiccups. Oh, man, I didn't know that would be a side effect. Oh, that's kind of crazy. That would I, drive me nuts. I don't know what's worse, the nausea or the hiccups. Oh, All man. I know is I don't like either of them. At but least, I have medication for hiccups. At least your wife knows where you're at when you have hiccups. <laughs> yeah, he's over there. Yeah, he's over there. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's kind of like Pac-Man. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's nice because at least I you know, medication to, to help that. Wow. Well, you know what? Here, here's what I want you to think about because we're going to take a break here in a second, and I want to come in the second part of the show and, and ask you, why is it that you chose to go chemotherapy and has anyone given you advice to go more natural methods? And how do you look at that advice when somebody gives it to you? And is it something that is welcome? Is it something that drives you nuts? Or why why chemo and not um, peppermint oil or something? You know, I again, I have no idea if peppermint oil will help. I just threw that out there. But, it makes fresh breath. Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, but this is uh, it, Dave, and I'm with Nate at Younger Older from Relate365.com here in White Lake, Wisconsin. SilverBirchRanch.org. Talk to you in a moment. Welcome back to Younger and Older, and today it's with Nate and Dave, and we're talking to Nate about his journey through cancer. And uh, we, uh, if you didn't hear us before, you're going to need to download this program at Relate365.com. You can get the last program where you can hear us talk about his initial diagnosis up till where we are today, talking about what, what, what it was like after his first chemo treatment. And, uh, Nate, I, I know that in this day and age, the Internet supplies us with a tremendous amount of information and misinformation. And sometimes you can't really tell what is what. Yep. I think there's more misinformation than information yeah, on the it's, Internet. It's pretty easy to find things. Now, let me ask you this. Have people contacted you and told you that you should use some natural method for solving your problem? Not really. Uh, my wife very early on uh, posted a thing on Facebook saying, you know, we're, we're going with the traditional method of chemotherapy. You know, we're not going with the natural method. We trust the medical system. You know, these doctors have gone to school for many, many years. They know what's going on. You know, we trust the medical system. Yeah. And there's no guarantee. I don't care what system you use. Yeah. That your cancer, I mean, is are the doctors guaranteeing that the chemo that you're going through is going to cure you? No, they said there's a very good chance it will shrink stuff, but there's no guarantee. That's like any cancer. Cancer is not curable. They right. can, you know, remove it, manage it. If you catch it very early on, you just remove the tumor. Right. But where I'm at, it's so far spread, you know, there's no cure. Yeah. And, you know, it's, if you listen to the last programs, you know, that does not scare me. Yeah. And that's not, that's not to say that people haven't had it go away. 
yeah, it just goes into remission, but there's always, whether it's genetics, whatever, there's always that chance it can come back. Right. So that's, that's kind of interesting. I, I would think that we need to encourage people when somebody has um, a cancer or diagnosis, I, I would be very careful as far as giving them medical advice mm-hmm. uh, because it's already, your heads are already spinning. And, and to have too many people, especially people who you love and are your friends saying, oh, you really should do this. If you, and, and then they throw the guilt at you like if you really cared about your family, you'd do this naturally. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you'd, be, you'd be cured tomorrow. And it's like you don't know that. No. And nobody knows that. I have the, let me just throw out because this is a similar problem. Um, I have uh, had heart disease in my family forever. I mean, my dad died at 60. My uncle died at 60 of heart attacks, and they had heart attacks early. My, you know, my dad had them from 51 on. My mom died of strokes. So it's not like you'll hold our blood up for you know people to say, here's what you should have. <laughs> and so I've been on statin drugs for a long time, uh, probably before they were actually common. And you know, I've talked to my doctor about it over and over again, and I've had others who I respect and, and love say, oh, you should do anything not to be on statin drugs. I, okay, I, I, I guess that's what you say. Oh, yeah, well, here's all my research. And my doctor tell me, here's all my research. I have talked to every doctor I have had, and I have had a, a choice to make. I will either submit to them or I shouldn't go to them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's not like I want to go to a doctor and have him tell me, here's what my medical advice is, and here's what my schooling tells me, and here's what I think. And then I, I look at him and say, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to listen to those who never went to medical school. Mm-hmm. I'm going to listen to you. Know, I'm not going to do that. Now, there are some that have gone to natural medical school, whatever that is. I understand that. And there, are, even among medical people, there's legitimate disagreement mm-hmm. on, on how to do things. So if, if you're waiting for like one diagnosis or one prescription that's going to fit, I think you're going to wait a long time mm-hmm. for that. Uh, it, going back to what you said, you know, the internet having a lot of misinformation. You can search the internet for days, weeks, and years for a cure for this, and not just cancer, but anything. You know, the the internet is a great resource and it's a bad resource. Yep. And you know, putting that into my cancer, you know, stuff here. You know, we could sit down and try to find all right, what's the best thing to do for this? You know, can I rub an oil on it? Can I do this and at some point, it becomes an idol, and right. I don't want the cancer to become an idol. Yep. And I think a lot of people are prone to taking whatever illness they have, and that's their driving force. They turn it yep. into an idol. Yeah. And, and not only that, you, you then start misplacing your trust. Yeah. You know, I, I have to choose. If I'm going to go to a medical doctor, and I've told my doctors this, I am going to be the best patient you have. If you tell me to do something, I am going to do it. Mm-hmm. And they've appreciated that. Almost every single one of them have thanked me for it and said, you know what? If you get sick and you do what we tell you to do, that's our problem. Mm-hmm. And we will work on it. But if you get sick because you're ignoring our advice and, you, and I get a phone call at 2 in the morning because you haven't listened, mm-hmm. I'm not interested because you've chosen to ignore me anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, And I'm thinking, I wonder how many people do that. I, I think that, especially as Christians, Submission is one of the things that we do well. And if you're going to go to a doctor, 
I'm not saying you shouldn't get a second opinion or third opinion, mm-hmm. whatever you want. But once you choose a path to go on, I think you need to submit to those yeah. who actually know what they're doing. And you've decided to submit to them, realizing, yes, there's probably another path. And yes, there's probably another way. But you you have to listen to the people that God has put into your life and realize your trust is never, ever in the medicine anyway. Mm-hmm. It's really in God. Well, and anything you put into your body, whether it's, you know, medications you get at a pharmacy or you know natural oil food it it reacts to the body yeah it doesn't matter if it's natural or not you know kind of a joke i use with people cocaine is a naturally occurring substance in the coca leaf yeah and that's why i hate the argument that people will bring up and say well it's natural therefore it's good well cocaine is natural does that mean that's good isn't arsenic natural yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's some natural things out there probably you shouldn't yeah. put in your system. You know, speaking of, of going crazy with choices, the other day I was, uh, now I have an arthritic big toe. Now, I know, pity party for me, right? I have, <laughs> yeah. You're going through chemo and all that. I'm telling you, I got a bad toe. Does it cause uh, nausea? Uh, it, it causes a, a headache because it hurts when I walk. And I mean, <laughs> but. Here, so I wanted to get one of those, you know, those little foot bath things. You put your feet in and mm-hmm. it heats it up and kind of. So I went online to look. I have yet to buy one. There are four billion of them. Oh yeah, four billion. And I think I'm not exaggerating. And I went. Finally, I turned the, the computer off. I was trying. I said, I'll just look before I go to bed and pick one out. And you know, it, I'm still in bed scrolling through all these. Finally, I turned the thing off. I said, I can't handle it. There's too many choices. I don't know what to get. I'm surprised you haven't taken a five-gallon pail, put your foot in it, and find a way to heat it. Well, I That's have a done true that. Seven one five way. I have done that already. <laughs> I, I, I do have that, and I'll put it in the shower, and I'll sit on something, and I'll just put the hot water in there and put my feet in it. So that's that's what I'm resorting to now. <laughs> I, I was thinking of sophisticating it up a little bit. Um, but, it, you know, in the process, it's it's kind of like another store, and I won't use the name, but there's a there's a couple of grocery stores um, in uh, the Fox Valley area that when we go down to. And if I need, like, uh, a jar of pickles, there are four billion jars of mm-hmm. pickles. I have actually gone numb, you know, looking at the pickles. Like, I don't know. Because my brain is, I need to go through it and find the best pickle. Well, how can you do that with all these choices? You, yeah, you just get you one of there, each? You would be there for two days <laughs> trying to figure out what pickles to yeah. get. I'm thinking that sometimes medical is that way. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of advertisements on TV. There are a lot of uh, drug companies that try and get your business. There are a lot of doctors. There are a lot of homeopathic doctors. There are a lot of, and you know what? I I wouldn't say you shouldn't listen to any of them. I'm saying there's a lot of choices out there. That's why it's called a practice. Oh, my goodness. So the only piece I have is that no matter where I go, I trust in God. Mm Mm-hmm. And I am convinced that God could have whoever I go to, because I, I really don't know who to go to half the time, but I'm convinced that he can give that person the wisdom they need. Mm-hmm. As uh, my wife and I are praying for you and your family, one of the things that you know I pray for is that you will have people around you who have wisdom. I, you know, I would love to see you well. I would love to see you beat this thing, learn the lessons you need to learn to be be a guy that God uses for many years to draw people to himself through the processes. It, however, I think you need people around you right now who have wisdom. Mm-hmm. And if 
this is going to end in a way where um, you're going to leave your wife and your children. There needs to be people around you that help you see that you need to prepare for that. Yep. And there also needs to be people around you in the medical world that will give you advice and let you make the choice in the end, realizing that it is in God's hands. My mom, my mom, um, she was in a hospital. She was, um, the doctor came out and told us that she had had several strokes and, and she had already been in hospice actually and graduated out of it because she didn't die. And so she was fooling the doctors like left and right anyway. But she, she was in the hospital and they had to put a breathing tube in her. Um, I don't remember all the right names for it, but in the process they paralyzed her, her throat. Mm-hmm. She was very fragile anyway. I mean, just working on her would have done something. Mm-hmm. And when they, they did that, and I, I know I'm, I'm getting all the terms probably wrong, but that was what I understood as her son. And they said, well, she can't eat anymore. She can't swallow. So we're going to need to put a feeding tube in her. And my mom looked at him and said, no, you're not. And, and the doctor said, well, if we don't put a feeding tube in you, you're going to die. She goes, fine, you're not putting a feeding tube in me. That was, that was her attitude. It was mm-hmm. like, I'm not having a feeding tube. One of the few things I enjoy in life is food. <laughs> and I mean, I'm, I'm dying. I want to eat my food. Mm-hmm. And the doctor said, okay, I'll give you less than five days. And, okay. So I actually took off work and took her back to her place, and I was just going to live with her, and, and I wanted to be with her. you know. Mm-hmm. And, and the next morning she gets up, and she says, can you go get me McDonald's pancakes? <laughs> and I'm thinking, you're not going to be able to swallow them. But Okay. So I went and got her McDonald's pancakes and a bunch of extra syrup, you know, all that uh, corn syrup stuff, mm-hmm. and gave it to her. And I'm telling you, she worked on that thing, and she probably ate an eighth of a pancake with just saturated with syrup and a smile on her face. She lived several years after that. She learned to eat, and it, it was like, you know, everybody said you're not going to be here in five days. I remember the conversation I had with her doctor a little later. He was at the door. It was five days later. I said, Doc, I don't know how to bring this up. He goes, I know what you're going to ask. She's in hospice. She's supposed to die in five days. She's looking better. (laughs) Don't be ashamed to ask, what is going on here? (laughs) Because I realize you have to get back to your life. You can't just be standing here waiting for her to die. Mm -hmm. And I said, thank you for saying that. Because I don't want to sound harsh. I don't want to sound... But I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. He goes, isn't this funny? I mean, honestly, she should be not here. Mm-hmm. That's why God chooses when you live or die. doesn't yep. matter what the circumstances are. Yeah, and that's what I'm seeing in you. And, and I think that, it, that w- what we have to continue to do is talk to our listening guests about the idea of having a relationship with God, loving God, knowing him, because there will be times in your life where if you don't know God and love him, and respond to them, you will not be ready for the tragedies that will come your way. Mm-hmm. Because there is no way to avoid some of the tough moments in life. There's no way to love people and never be hurt. There's no way that separation will not occur. And um, I want to invite those of you that listen to Younger or Older regularly, you keep tuned. I'm not sure how often Nate and I will get together, but uh, he's had his first chemo treatment. We are going to try and do this uh, after each chemo treatment and try and keep up with uh, the progress and what happens. And either one day we'll tell you it's in remission or he's home with the Lord. 
This is Relate365.com. See you next time. Have a question or comment for the younger, older team? Email us at info at Relate365.com. Or if you're looking for more information and want to see our resources, check out Relate365.com. 